Thank you. It's such an honor and privilege to be here with you. And truly, you can feel a heart of worship here. And I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> Thank you, Brother and Sister McCall, for having us. I give honor to you guys tonight. Um, when we started Purpose Institute, the short version is I really just came because I get a 90% off discount if I went with him. So I thought, why not? You know, why not? And, um, but along that journey, the Lord, have you ever had a job to do, but you, maybe you didn't have the right tools? And, or maybe you have like a, you have some tools, but maybe you're not sure where to plug everything in at, right? That's what Purpose Institute was for us. Handed us the right tools and said, this is how you use them, this is how you get the job done. And uh, we gained so much more than we ever could have thought we would. And I'm thankful for that today. Um, I'm thankful for Brother and Sister McCall. You guys mean so much to us. Um, just under our, you know, if we have any big decision in life, we run it by our pastor, and we run it by Brother McCall and Sister McCall. Um, and I appreciate their mentorship and for everything that they do for us and for the Lord. And I'm thankful for my husband. Um I for sure could not be here without him, the backing and support. We're used to swapping off because home missions, we could swap mid-song. I mean, you just never know what's coming. So we've kind of like learned a little bit of telepathy, <laughs> maybe just really good body language reading. I have no idea. But you got to do what you got to do to get the job done, right? So we work together. But I give honor to him as my husband and pastor. Um, if you would, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verses 11 through 13. I'll give you just a moment to get there. I would like to talk tonight about the king is in the cave. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 11 through 13, And Samuel said unto Jesse, And here are here all thy children. And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in, and now he was ready and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Amen. So Samuel rose up and he went to Ramah. Brother McCall, could you please pray?
Please be seated. So I want to talk to you for just a few moments about David. So we've all heard of David. If you've grown up in this in Sunday school, you've heard how David, he fought Goliath. Um, you've, you've heard about all of it. He's the man after God's own heart. He was strong. He was courageous. He was the same one who fought off a lion and a bear with his bare hands. His story is amazing. It's astounding when you think about it. Um, just the lion and the bear, that alone, that counts me out right there. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. I think about, um, as I was thinking about that, I thought about some of you hunters over here. And I thought, I wonder how many of you would be willing to go into the woods, but without your weapons. And just with your bare hands. And I'm just telling you, I, I would not be willing, just so you know. And I'm not even sure I would be willing with a weapon. Me and Sister McCall are going to stay at home. <laughs> uh, but then we read in Psalms 142, and I'll turn there. <sighs> David writes this while he's hiding in a cave. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him, and I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, have they privily laid a snare for me, they laid a trap for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto the Lord, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison that I might praise thy name. Thy righteous shall compass me, for thou shalt de deal bountifully with me. Yes. That doesn't even hardly sound like the same person. Yeah. The David that ran onto the battlefield to kill Goliath, yeah. he's crying in a cave. Yeah. Yeah. How can that be? How could this be the same David? Yeah. He ran onto the battlefield. And I was reading about that a little bit. I, had, I didn't even write notes on it because it didn't seem to fit. But when you think about that, an entire army of trained men, they were chosen, God's chosen people, yeah. were hiding from this one man. Right. And you think about that one child saying, who is this guy? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would come against God's chosen people? Doesn't even have armor, doesn't even have the right weaponry, it seems. And he runs straight to the giant. While the rest of the trained men were scared 
So we're reading about this, and, and the differs, um, it just really shook me because I, I can see that in myself at times. You ever been there? You ever been through something that shook you, something you didn't see coming, and it has knocked the breath out of you, and you're like, you just take a minute. Yeah, yeah that's happened. Yeah. We could be praising God on the mountainside ready to take out the enemy, and then something will come out of nowhere, it seems like, and you're like, what happened? Where's everybody at now? Where's the army at now? Where's it at? He said, when my spirit is overwhelmed, then thou knewest my path where I walked, and they laid a snare or a trap for me. He is desperate, he's overwhelmed, and he's hiding in a cave. Has anybody been there? Can anybody relate to that? Have you ever had some cave moments in your life? Oh, hallelujah. Is there anyone here that God has called you and he's anointed you to do work for the kingdom? Anybody here? Has God given you a calling in your life? He's given you a job to do. Let me clarify. It's not just somebody who's up here in the forefront. But a calling can look like intercessory prayer because nobody sees you getting up in the middle of the night, yielding yourself to the power of God and the spirit of God because Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. The prayers of a righteous man, it availeth much. It accomplishes much. And so it's a ministry. You know, and this is completely off my notes, but, you know, there are, I believe in my heart that there is more of a calling for intercessors than those who have answered to the calling of an intercessor. There are more out there. God is, he's looking for somebody who would yield themselves and say, I want to be an intercessor. And sometimes we mistake that calling and that pulling away for, man, I'm feeling kind of depressed today. Man, I'm feeling a little bit anxious. I'm feeling a little bit. And we take these human emotions and we say that this just must mean that I'm lonely or I'm, no, that's a call to prayer. You bring those things to an altar and, and you put yourself, whenever you tap into intercessory prayer, you are putting yourself in the heartbeat of Christ. You're putting yourself, you are carrying that load and you are accomplishing much for the kingdom of God outside of just your home, outside of just your city, but God's kingdom you are accomplishing much. Yield yourself over to that. The next time you start to feel like you're dealing with anxiety or depression, bring it to the altar. And I promise you, let the Spirit of God work through you and accomplish much through you. There's a calling that we must answer to. To those that feel a calling on your life, let me ask you this. Was David just as anointed in the cave as he was running onto the battlefield to face the giant? Absolutely. David, the future king, was hiding in a cave. The fact that he was doing this, that he was in a cave, that he was hurt, that he was going through this, it did not dictate the calling of God in his life. He was still the future king. Whenever we go through things that we maybe didn't anticipate, we didn't expect, or maybe it just came out of nowhere, you are still just as called because it rains on the just and the unjust. You're not isolated and going through hard times. It's not, woe is me, pity on me. Listen, everybody goes through these things. 
But you are just as called in the valley as you are on the mountaintop. You're just as called in the cave as you are on the battlefield. You're just as called and just as holy kneeling at the foot of your bed as you are here on a Sunday night. Just as much so if you're baking a plate of cookies for your neighbor as a missionary on foreign soil. It's just as much of a holy act and a mission from God. Oh, hallelujah. We've got to yield ourselves to it. We cannot let the cave disqualify us from the calling of God. Oh, when it feels like there is a fight coming from every direction, when you can't hardly get back up from the last hit before something else comes your way. I'm talking about a cave, a spiritual cave. Physically, time may go on. You're going to go forward physically. You could be standing there, and it's Monday, and it's Tuesday, and it's Wednesday, and you're going forward. But spiritually, you're stuck in a cave. Because you can't get past what just happened to you in that blow. You've not recovered. You've not healed properly. You speak to anyone, Sister McCall, or anyone that works in the medical field, and whenever you take a blow and you don't allow it to heal properly, that wound can damage you in the future. It can hurt your future. Oh, So David, he didn't see this coming. When he was young, Samuel sought him out. David didn't go looking for him. Samuel sought him out, much like the Lord sought you out. He was anointed the future king. And sometime after that, Saul sent for David to come and play the harp for him every night while he slept. Saul trusted David. Could you imagine? He slept in the same room while David was there. And as a king, I'm sure that required a lot of trust. So he didn't expect this to happen. He didn't expect Saul to turn around and and be seeking his life to kill him. So now he's hiding in a cave from Saul that is seeking to kill him. Imagine... That would, I imagine that that would make you take some complaints before God. It wasn't supposed to be like this. It looked like he was going forward. Because where he was in the field, tending to the sheep, now he is finding himself in the palace and, and he's aiding the king. And it looks like he was going forward, but then it all came to a dead halt and he's running away from the palace hiding. Yeah. Have you ever felt like you were going forward? And then the door shut on you. And God said, just wait a minute. Just wait a minute. You don't know if there's a saw there that's ready to take you out. You listen to the voice of God and the timing of God. Be sensitive. Don't take those closed doors as an injury, as something's wrong with you. Sometimes it's just the timing of God. Because God knows what is on the other side of that door. While, while in the cave, David said, Thou art my refuge and my portion. Yes. He's in the cave and he's still trusting God. And he continued, Deliver me from my persecutors. Bring my soul out of prison that I might praise your name. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle of all of that, all that's going on, the future, ca- the future king is crying in a cave. 
And I believe that as he was pouring out his complaints before the Lord, and you see, as it turned to worship, I believe that the King of Kings showed up in that cave. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I'm so thankful for every time that the King of Kings has showed up in my cave. Oh, hallelujah. Have you ever been where you feel like I can't take another step? I can't keep going. But whenever you do, the King of Kings shows up. Have you ever had that experience? I can't do this no more. I can't keep going like this on my own. Jesus, I need you. And the King of Kings shows up and he's right there with you in your cave. You didn't have to climb some mountaintop. You didn't have to do no ritual. He loves you. He comes down to you at the mention of his name. He is right there with him in that cave. Don't you think for a second, God is not going to send you through something and he's not going to show up to be there beside you. So when you get done pouring out your complaints before the Lord, just know that he's going to be right there. He's going to be your refuge. He's going to be your shelter. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for God who shows up in our cave moments. When you feel like, hey, he said, when I looked to the right, there was no man beside me. Come on, that's, that means his mama wasn't there. His brothers weren't there. He had a whole handful of brothers. None of them were there. But here comes the king of kings right there by your side. Oh, a holy God, one that loves you and wants to father you. Be your redeemer. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. It's easier to wonder about God than it is to wait on God. I'm encouraging somebody to continue to wait on God. Don't sit there in your cave experience and wonder where is he at? How come this door isn't opening? I'm encouraging you, wait on the Lord. Wait on him. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm reminding you of a God that is with you on the battlefield and still with you in the cave. Oh, Jesus. If you're in a cave tonight, I'm reminding you that the king is in a cave. I was getting ready for this, and I felt such a heaviness on my heart. And I wasn't quite sure what God wanted. I could sense a direction, and I could sense a word, but I thought, Lord, what do you want accomplished? What do you want me to do? And I just kept thinking about that, how the cave does not disqualify the calling. Um, When I started Purpose Institute, I battled with so much fear. I mean, so much fear. Um, I could feel that calling and that, you know, when the Lord starts kind of pulling you out of your comfort a little bit, and we give him a little step at a time. And a little step, just enough to appease us. Like, oh, we're listening to the Lord, but we're holding all this stuff back. Because I've had some cave experiences in my life. And uh, I remember um, brother, one of our teachers had encouraged us to go and teach Bible studies. And it was part of the requirements, I believe. And so I thought, well... Got to do it. 
kind of a nervous, I'm not necessarily an outgoing person. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll just do it and I'll get it all over with at once. And I said, hey, mom, can I go to the jail with you and speak to the ladies there? Because I thought, just one foul swoop and knock it all out. And can I tell you that when I went in there and I saw the need and I saw their lives and knowing that those ladies had babies at home, they have mamas at home worried about them, there is such a need. There is such an urgent spiritual need in this world. It's time for all hands on deck. And whatever has happened that may give you some reserve about putting your hands on deck, know that God wants to heal that. God wants to deal with those things so that it can heal properly. You know, much like the man with the withered hand, we want to present our best hand, right? I have some good parts of my life. I'd like to present that well put together good family, you know, you want to present the, the good hand. Yeah. But I could tell you this, and any need I've come across, any heart that I've ever ministered to or talked to, it's never the pretty hand that I reach into. It's the withered hand. It's the broken places in your life. They don't disqualify you. That's what God uses. You reach into that ugly stuff that you don't really want everybody to know. And that's what God uses to minister. That's what he uses. So while you're sitting there and saying, well, I better not because of X, Y, Z in my past, whatever that cave is. While you're sitting there holding it back, God's saying, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want to use. And there's parts of my testimony that I I can't share out. Just, it's not, it wouldn't be acceptable everywhere and with every audience. But with those ladies, I could begin to expose those broken places where I said God showed up here. And then when this happened, he showed up here. And when this happened, listen, honey, he has never let me down. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed bed prepared. He has always showed up. He has always been there. And God's mercy was demonstrated in my life through every step. And I believe that there's people in this room tonight. I'm going to be wrapping up. There's people in this room tonight whether you've just had a really rough year in 2019 and you want to close the door to that and you want to move on to 2020. Have you, you know, people get on board and they say, I want these resolutions and they're excited about it, but maybe you just can't let yourself get excited because I've let the Lord down too many times and I've, I've wanted to commit myself to a year Bible study, but, but man, I've, Every time I don't see it through, something happens, whatever that level of commitment is. And I ask you to search your heart and say, what is that, God? What is that that you're wanting from me that maybe I haven't done yet? Or maybe I just haven't done in a long time. 
search your heart. And whether it's something that has happened in 2019 or whether it's something that's way back, I ask you to search it and say, is this healed properly? Some things, some things, you, it takes more than just going to an altar one time. Some things are a process. In all my life, I heard that God was a healer. All my life. And I automatically always thought physical healing. I always thought that. And then one day, it seemed like I kept going to the altar and he would bring up things, old things. And I thought, man, I've already forgiven these people. I've already moved on. I'm like a really righteous person. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I would go to the altar and I would think, I'm over this, right? And it would just come back so fresh, like the memories were just brand new. And I would be like, man, why? Why am I revisiting this? Yeah. And um, my pastor at the time, Brother Etheridge, he, he stopped the service. Now, I just thought this. And he stopped the service and he he said just what I said. He said, some things, you don't just go to the altar one time and it fixes it. Some things are a process, but you have to yield yourself to the process. Not everyone does that. We all have things that we go through. We all have cave experiences, but not everyone yields it to the Lord. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's hard to go back and revisit those things and forgive people, let things go. It's hard to do those things. I don't know about you, but I don't want to take nothing from 2019 back into this year with me. I don't, I don't want to take none of it with me. We have a work to do. There is an urgent spiritual need in this world today. And it's going to take me and it's going to take you. All of us working together. And I prayed and I asked that the Lord would dispatch his angels in this room for anybody who might need to be reminded that he is with them in the cave. So if you would, if you feel that in your heart, or maybe you just want to make a commitment, I ask that you would come. Oh, I don't want to bring nothing with me. Nothing. No baggage. Oh, do you see? I know that it doesn't disqualify me. I'm yielding myself to you, Jesus. You have two choices. You can succumb to fear. Or you can step out. And give it to you, Jesus. We yield it over to you, God. Every closed door we give to you, Jesus. Every time you've hit the pause button and we didn't understand it. Every relationship you've taken out of our lives that we didn't get. I trust you, God. Oh, 
I trust you for right now, for my today and my tomorrows. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, that I would ask you if you would meet every individual in this altar, Lord, and dispatch your angels, God. Let your healing virtue flow through this place, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh God, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.